Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for once again tuning in to another episode of the Generation of Wrestling Podcast. As always, it's an honor and a privilege. Yours truly, the 26-year-old piece of gold of franchise, better known as the Showstopper. And with me as always, I got my tag team partners, my brothers, my family, me familia. Introducing, first up, the Human Encyclopedia of Wrestling. Joe knows everything, the flawless phenomenon, flawless Joey V. And across the way, as always, we got the Carmel Cody, the light-skinned Teddy Pendergrass, a.k.a. Mr. One, Two, Three, Pin That Ass Down K. Breezy, better known as Two Cold Kimbro. Join the evolution of the revolution of professional wrestling podcast, and that's the bottom line. It's about to go down. And you know what that means. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Generation of Wrestling Podcast. As always, yours truly, the 26-year-old piece of gold, the franchise, better known as the Showstopper. And with me, as always, I got my tag team partners, my brothers, my family. Introducing first up, he is the Human Encyclopedia of Wrestling, the flawless phenomenon. Joe knows everything. Flawless. Joey V, how you doing? Wonderful. And across the way, as always, he is the Carmel Cody, the light-skinned Teddy Pendergrass. A.K.A. Mr. One, Two, Three. Pin that ass down, K. Breezy, better known as Tuco Kimbrough. How you doing? What a dooski wooski. All right, guys. Well, we finna go ahead, man, and get it cracking. You did that, man. This is the SmackDown review show. Uh, so, man, you know, let's start things off, man. So, to start the things off, we got Sasha Banks, the boss. We got Bailey coming out to the ring. Bailey cuts a promo saying that 2019 was a year of change. You know, her and Sasha, you know, they took a hard look in the mirror and they made a change for the better, you know, for them anyway. Uh, she said she's the champ. Sasha's the standard. Out comes Lacey Evans and Dana Burke. Oh, good lordy, lordy. <laughs> uh, Lacey Evans, man, she cuts another promo. They get interrupted by Bliss and Cross. Long story short, man, these ladies are in a triple threat tag team match. Uh, to me, I felt like the match was decent. Um uh, Dana Brooke, uh, they're trying to put she her gave on the world. She, she, she gave the world stiffest on time bomb. Dude, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. So, you know, let, let, let's, let's, address, let's address the Dana in the room, okay? When she, I feel bad for Sasha's ribs, man. I know Sasha probably was like, yo, backstage, like, what in the fuck? She did not get nearly enough distance on that swan time. And when she landed on her, even Courtney Graves was like, yo, she might have a cracked rib or two. I thought the same thing. Guys, what did you think of this match? And what did you think about that terrible swan time bomb to finish it? Okay, so... Um, yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. Uh, just That was just all ass and lower back. That was just... it. Like I yeah, like for like you said, I felt bad for Sasha. Uh the match was decent. It was a good six man, you know, uh, not six man, <laughs> uh triple threat tag <laughs> match for the women's uh number one contendership. I had no problem with that. Uh but before I go further into that, I want to mention how the setup of the show was the Miz basically just ran off to Daniel Bryan about not winning and not getting his get back at the fiend, which clearly is gonna set up something else later on, but we'll get back to that later. But uh, uh, yeah, I I that swan time mom was just terrible. I mean, there was no <laughs> lift. There was no you. There there was no angle. You were supposed to jump and 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 flip. You know, just kind of let your your back end is supposed to flip you all the way over 
to where your you know your shoulders to your head land on her body like it's not supposed to be your ass that lands on just literally the, her left side of her body uh and sasha's only butt so big so i'm not sure how much of that she really protected mm-hmm. herself but um yeah that was yeah that was a decent match uh th- it's nice to see new contenders uh captain america and dana brooke but um uh, other than that um yeah, it was it was okay, but a terrible, terrible swan top bomb. <laughs> Say it again. Terrible. <laughs> terrible, man. Terrible. Oh my God. Sorry, Dana Brooke, but damn. Uh flawless. Oh, all right, man. So like I was kind of like wondering, like, man, why is like I it didn't make kind of sense. Like, I understand like uh Bailey and Sasha versus Lacey and Dana Brooke, but then um Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss come out and make it a three-way, and I'm like, okay, this is a little confusing, but, you know, whatever, it's going to be okay. And then, you know, Dana Brooks getting her ass whooped the whole (laughs) entire match, okay? And then Lacey Evans comes in, hits the last woman's right on Sasha. Was it Sasha or was it Bailey? Uh, she so no, Lacey Evans hit the woman. It, it was on Sasha because okay, yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. That's when they, we saw that terrible, terrible yeah. swan time bomb coming next. All right, so her swan time bomb looks like Jeff Hardy's right now. You know, like when we think of a swan time, <laughs> man, we think of like say like Jeff Hardy from back in the day, like a Sean O'Hara when he was in WCW as one of the natural born thrillers. You know, like his swan time bomb was awesome. Even KO's swan time bomb is awesome. Man, Dana looked like she got like halfway midair and just landed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she's like a plane that ran out of gas. Yeah, basically, you can tell she, you can tell she like you can tell she saw looked at Sasha like I'm sorry, like shit. <laughs> Man, like it was kind of funny to me. I'm like, okay, cool. They gave Dana Brooke the pin. It would have looked better if it was she would have actually hit the Swan Tom better. Yeah. But, man, it was just like, oh, cringeworthy. Uh, I, my thing, my thing is with Dana. And, you know, I, I don't want to harp too much on this because we got a lot more to talk about. But the, the her fuck ups are so legendary. You know, uh, I feel like we would be doing a disservice to the podcast community if we didn't address it. Uh, I want to know: is this just a push because she's with Lacey Evans, or do you guys see this as? Uh, an eventual push for her to become, you know, a player, whether it's mid card, upper card, in the women's division as a solo act. Uh, well, she's sleeping with, she's dating Batista. So, uh, yeah, is that true or no? It's true. It's true. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming she's getting more TV time. I mean, she's, she's a dumb blonde. So that's if, if nothing. If nothing else gets you on WWE TV more than anything, it's a it's the crappiest gimmick or a dumb blonde. They that that will get you on TV more than any other thing that's supposed to be about wrestling on that show. So um, for me, it's it, it's it's the right moment. Maybe she's the only person that's healthy that can team up with Lacey Evans because uh, clearly right now Lacey Evans is going to be the new Captain America of the WWE, she's going to be the poster child for, you know, bullying and all this other stuff that she's going to go through. Uh, so I, 
I don't I don't know. Maybe they do beat the Kabuki Warriors. Maybe it's just to give the Kabuki Warriors somebody to beat to eventually lead to something else. Um, I, I'm not really sure as far as where they're going with Dana Brooke. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, next up, we got a backstage segment featuring Flawless's favorite son, man, Shorty G. Jeffers. <laughs> so, you know, Shorty G's in the back. You know, he has a little uh, run-in with the Revival. You know, the re- and, okay, really quick, you know, to sum it up, man, you know, they're pretty much making fun of, you know, Shorty G for being short, but God damn it, man, the Revival, they just as damn oh, short. Man, you some stuff. Hold on, man, you missing some stuff, man. Hold on, what, what, what did I miss? Okay, uh, first of all, uh, Dolph Ziggler, they showed Otis and uh, Rose talking, and then after that, it was the Miz and the New Day talking, and then it was Elias, but we ain't got to talk about Elias, but, uh, yeah, you you yeah, you missing a couple of seconds. You know what? I sure did because you know what? This time I only wrote down the matches. I didn't. Like, okay, I see what happened here. All oh. right, K K K Breezy, I, I'm gonna swing this one to you on the segment oh. side. Fill, fill, well, fill, fill okay, so the seconds. so so the so the oldest and was basically just you know they're playing up the the oldest being the gullible dude and and Mandy Rose being the 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 what, what's the word I want to say? I don't want to say Jezebel, but not yet. But eventually, <laughs> yeah. But you know, they just played up the fact that you know, uh, you know, he didn't see what what happened to his fruitcake, but his mama did, and you know, man, he <laughs> felt bad that his mama saw Dolph Ziggler step on her frosted over diabetic fruitcake. Um, <laughs> right, right. Why he's lifting a keg for his match. Uh, I, I mean, you know, that was pretty much that, you know, uh, Tucker, Tucker showed up and said, come on, man, let's get ready for your match. And they walked off and Mandy Rose just looked like she was concerned. I, that, you know, that was, eh, it was corny. Eh, it, 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 it was just corny as hell. I, you know, it, it happened, but it was corny, man. All right. Now, now did this lead us to the revival match? This dude, but uh, what happened next? But the, the okay, so like I said at the beginning, you had that little spot with the Miz and Daniel Bryan, and then so you see the Miz walking in the back, and of course the New Day being the New Day, you know they back there pouring pancakes on syrup twenty twenty, you know what it is, and uh, they see the Miz come up and they trying to cheer the Miz up and. You know, Big E is saying all this stuff that's just, you know, that, that that's not cheering the Miz up. And, you know, Big E's being Big E. And then Kofi, you know, tells him, you know, hey, man, congratulations on winning the most championships in a decade. Then Big E comes back and says, uh, no, nah, man, but you're, you're, he didn't actually leave, man. Y'all tired. He's like, come on, man. I was I was trying to cheer him up. And, you know, just, you know, just that good, you know, chemistry back and forth that they do. But this clearly led to the Miz just kind of going on a rant about the Fiend, you know, just decimating, you know, just, just decreeing his home and his daughter can all sleep in her room and all this other stuff, which led to me. I don't know if this is Miz being just upset because he can't get his hands on the Fiend or is this Miz turning heel because he then challenged uh after he knocked the pancakes out of Kofi's hands and Big E was about to beat him up. So Kofi offered to, you know, <laughs> give him a match. You know, the, you know, the offer to give him a match. So they set up a one-on-one match between Kofi and the Miz. But I wanted to mention that because there was another setup 
a little something later that kind of makes you really wonder uh, what's the direction of the Miz going forward. We always said uh, what what what's going on with him? Where is he going? What they're doing with his character? Uh, how long is this face run going to be? But uh, yeah, so all that set up for a match against uh, Kofi versus the Miz a little later on. And then that set up to the revival and Shorty G in the back. Gotcha. Thank you, my brother. I know I can always count on you because when there is a friend in need, you are there indeed. So I thank you very much, my brother. <laughs> well, the, the truth, the truth be told, uh, I had just watched SmackDown today, so it was really fresh on my brain. So that <laughs> if I have <laughs> if we if I had watched this days ago and then hadn't watched it up until now, I probably wouldn't have remembered that. So. Well, 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 we here at the International Players Club, we we appreciate your services and all your due diligence, my brother. Because I was slacking <laughs> in the game. That's <laughs> all good. We all this all good. You know how they say down south, man. Drake does drift out. You did that, all right, man. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, man. <laughs> uh, wait till that. Hey, wait till that blue moon hit my system, boy. Well, boy, sound like it. <laughs> you sound woke now, boy. <laughs> All right, man. So look, we got a we uh who do we have? We had Dash Wilder versus Shorty G. Uh it was a very short match, although I did I did like how they let um Shorty G. He definitely got a majority of the offense in. Uh guys, before I, I finish the rest of this, you know, the biggest rumor of the you know of the year so far is the revival. Their contracts are coming up again. Uh it's also that they're leaving. Um, before we finish this match, Royal Rumble 2020 mm-hmm. is it's assumed that maybe implied, even if you will, Booker T, Stevie Ray, Harlem Heat versus the Revival. Guys, we we seen the Revival kind of get down, or not kind of, they've got downgraded uh, big time here. Do we see the Revival having one last great match? If they are truly headed out the door, go ahead, Paula. Oh man, you know, I would kind of like to see them versus uh, uh, Harlem Heat. I think that'd be a good match. I don't think it it might happen. Uh, I'm a little torn on that right now. Um, but yeah, I would like to see them one good match. I mean, they haven't signed a contract, which is smart by them. I wouldn't either because of the way WWE has been treating them. Um, but do I see them have one good match? I don't know. It's WWE. You know, it's a toss-up right now. So I can't really give you an answer. I think they would, but I don't think it'll happen. Uh, yeah, I don't... <clears throat> I don't know, man. I mean, if Booker T comes out in the next week or so, you know, to further push something, maybe I could see, you know, that happening. But um, I could see them having a good match, not maybe a five-star. Well, well, it depends on when their contract ends, and it depends on, you know, what's going on. Um, because uh, I think we had a couple of surprises, you know, on this show. So, it, it definitely depends on the direction that uh, that that there are a lot of things that are gonna gonna go, but uh, depending on it depends on where they're at. If they're really leaning towards leaving, then I'm gonna say they'll probably get a semi good match just to put somebody over. 
But if they stay on, if they're thinking about staying, then I can see something good developing. All right, cool, cool. All right, you know, I, I just kind of had that on my mind, uh, just because you know I know they I know, I know the rumors they're leaving, and if this does happen with, uh, you know, the revival of Harlem Heat, you know, I normally I would say you know the revival are going over. But I would think, man, you know, just to kind of fuck with him, WWE might let Harlem Heat go over. So I was just kind of curious on you guys' thoughts on, you know, the future of the revival in WWE. But we get to that. You know, we, we'll come back to that. To finish this up, man, you know, uh, you got Shorty G picked up the victory. He got attacked post-match by the revival. And my boy, y'all boy, Sheamus comes out, man. He comes out to the ring. He pretends to chase out the revival, and before you can even say "damn," hmm. Shorty G got the dog shit, bro. Kicked out of him. I heard my boy uh, K Breezy over there, man. Too cold. What did you think of Sheamus's return? And do we see Sheamus and Shorty G having a program coming up? Mm. Yolo. Yeah, yeah, you hear me? Yeah. Yo, you going there? Oh, he's asking you. He said he talked to me. Or I thought he asked you. My bad. Um, <laughs> my bad. I didn't hear that right. Uh, Sheamus coming back. I'm excited for Sheamus coming back. Um, uh, I don't really care for him to fight Shorty G because I, I, I want to see him. I want to see Sheamus be old Sheamus. You know, just that. Be be the badass he was on the show. He he didn't look different. He looked he looked like the old Sheamus when he first came back. And I kind of am glad to see that. Um, it depends on the direction. I could see maybe him versus Braun Strowman possibly, but you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll see what direction they got for him. Flawless. Uh yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean I you know when he came out I was like okay. He's not going to help Shorty G. Man, I think he's going to beat Shorty G because if you look at the way his promos have been going the past couple weeks, saying, like, SmackDown's weak, you know, nobody has, like, any fight in them, I guess. Um, I think this is good for Sheamus. I think, you know, we were saying kind of like, man, if Braun Strowman wins the Intercontinental Championship, him and Sheamus would be a nice feud. Um, I think this is good for Sheamus to come back, get a little exposure, because I think he'll enter the Rumble and then have, like, I'd say he lasts, like, almost to the end, like, maybe last five or six, you know, and have a good showing in there, and then maybe feud with Braun afterwards. But, you know, it's good to see Sheamus back. All right, now, before I move on to the next match, Kay Breezy, my brother, my okay. good brother. Can you please let me know? Or do we have any more segments coming up before this next match? Uh, I'm gonna uh, call you the segment whisperer if you didn't know. I, no, because um, there is one segment I think I did miss. Oh no, I think it happened after the match. So I think we're good. All right, cool. So then next up, we got Kofi's favorite guy, man. One third of the new day. Kofi Kingston versus The Miz. Uh, I actually, I like this match. I liked it. It was quick. Kofi, you know, you mm-hmm. could tell Kofi, man, from the jump. Kofi was always one step ahead of The Miz, uh, which really played into him, you know, being pissed off. Uh, Kofi picked up the victory. Now, 
I'm going to go to Flawless first, but I'm going to acknowledge what K. Breezy said a couple segments ago. You know, K. Breezy, he brought up the point of, you know, where's the Miz going? Is Miz going to be faced? Is Miz, is he just pissed off at the fiend? Uh, Flawless, I'm going to revert that question to you, but I'm going to switch it up. The Fiend, he's been known to send everybody back to their old way. As we've seen later on in the show, somebody else from the Miz has passed and returned as well. When the Miz, when he passed out at the fans, he was like, really? Really? Like, after all I've done for you guys, really? Do we see this as being more than just the Miz and the Fiend going at it? Do we see the Miz really getting fed up with the WWE Universe? Um, are we going to talk about customs? I have something I want to say, but I want to know, are we going to talk about something that happened later on? Oh, you, oh well, 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 let, well let, let, let's let's put it all on the table. All right, so later on in the show, you know, there was an, I, I believe it was uh, Caleb Braxton. She went to the back to interview the Miz, knocked on his door, and out comes John Morrison. Morrison says the Miz has nothing else to say. Now, flawless. Go ahead, my brother. Do your thing. All right, so I think, and I think me and Kay Breezy are on the same page, I think the Miz and Morrison are getting back together and going after those tag team titles. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's going to happen. It only makes sense because the way Miz has been acting and then Morrison is in there, it just makes sense. And Miz and Morrison could be a great heel tag team to go up against the New Day. I think that would and, be the perfect plan. And see, and, 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 I, and I don't want to get overexcited because we still got another surprise to talk about that happens at the you know, towards the end of the show. So I I I see big things happening with the tag team division if this is going the way me and you are thinking it will go. Because now <clears throat> when you look at SmackDown, you think of the new day, you think of heavy machinery, you got the revival, and now you possibly got a returning Miz and Morrison tag team. Now that's four good tag teams, which you know they can go out now. Yeah, sure. The, the, the revival are on the bubble uh, because you're not sure where they're going, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to rule them out. I just don't see them being a tag team together right now. And I'm going to use Seamus and Cesaro just because Seamus is back, but clearly they have something else for Seamus and clearly they're doing something else with Cesaro, but eventually maybe somewhere down the line, depend on what this, tag team division direction is going to be uh you got a nice little squad of folks there that you you can really do something with you got some you got some veteran champions and you got a couple of young bloods uh that that kind of mixes things up but you also got another group that I, I can't wait for us to talk about well you know what i mean i know typically we do things in order but you know, while we're on the subject of, man, what's this new group? You, you know, what's this group you want to speak of, my brother? You know, enlighten the masses, if you will. Who are you talking about? Ah, man. you. All right, man. All right. You, all right. So, end of the match, you know, with Roman Reigns and, and Dolph Ziggler, spoiler, they uh, actually it was no contest because nobody actually won. Uh, we had some people come back, and those people were the Usos, and they are back to Friday Night SmackDown. So I'm happy to see them back. So to just touch back on what I'm saying, you got the Usos, you got the Miz and Morrison, 
You got the revival, possibly if they stay. You got heavy machinery. You got the new day. You got you got a nice little mini stack tag division on SmackDown. And depending on who gets called up, you know whatever happens, because it is Road to WrestleMania. You know you can expect to see some people get called up or change brands or whatever. But uh, that's a nice, exciting little bit of a tag team division. I'm a little bit excited for now. Fuck, flawless. Yeah, man. It was uh, nice to see them. You know, they got shorter hair now. You know, they cut their hair a little bit. You know, uh, same attitude, same look, except for the hair. Um, What do they do with them now? I don't know, man. Maybe they'll give them a push. And then if they get like a DUI again, they'll set them out for another couple months. Well, I don't see them winning the tag team titles no time yeah. soon. I just see them come. I'm just glad they're back. So they now we can get back to having good tag team matches with different people. Yeah, it kind of sucks that uh, Robert Rude, you know, is like, you know, out because, you know, he likes to take some pills. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, but, uh, hey, you know, that would have been good with uh, him and Ziggler. Him and Ziggler. Yeah, against the yeah. shows, but, yeah, uh. I'm sorry, man. Uh, wow, this is such a great freaking match. But, you know, I'm sorry. But, yeah, uh, uh, I'm, I'm happy to see the Usos back, man. Where do they go from here? I don't know. You must be watching Raw. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, cool. I'll watch it in a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, yeah, like, I mean, my, my whole thing is I was glad to see the Usos back. You know, they, you know they, much like us, man, they've been down since day one. It's, you feel me? And uh, it, it it was nice to see them back. I'm surprised they came back to SmackDown, though, because last time we seen them, they were on Raw. So to see them come back on SmackDown, we've all said this. You know, we felt like that they were a lot better when they were on SmackDown to begin with. You know, kind of when they got to Raw, they kind of was like, you know, the, the ripoff. You know, on SmackDown, they was Hondas, but on Raw, they was the Hondas. So <laughs> it, 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 it was good, man, to see, you know, the Usos back in action. All right, next up. We have oh man, I done lost my I done lost my thingy here. All right, we got Otis versus Drew Gula. You know what? I'm not I'm not even gonna have explain this match. What did you think, my brother? All right, so I will say this. I will give praise to Drew Gulak, man. He's got characteristic, you know, he's funny, you know. But this match really didn't do nothing for me. Like, it was like, eh. You know, like, this is the problem when you put, like, okay. Remember how we were talking about a other promotion where we're like, man, when their tag team wrestlers get in the ring and they have a singles match, man, it looks awesome. But then when you look at WWE's tag team wrestlers and you put them in a singles match, it's like, ah, you're scratching your head. Kind of like with Dash Wilder earlier. And then now with Otis, man, like, you're like, oh, man, like, uh, I would say, man, Drew Gulak, man, was the only bright spot, man, like, like his little thing earlier with the little Titan Tron with Otis's fat ass up there, you know, like a little, <laughs> little cartoon and stuff, you know, making fun of him with Mandy. Uh, yeah, man, Otis as a singles guy. Yeah, I do not want to see any more of that. Yeah, so (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this was all terrible Uh, So If they were going, like Flawless said If you were going to put Otis in a singles match 
why not have him fight one of the revival? I'd rather seen one of them, you know, I'd rather seen Dash fight Otis. At least, you know, that could have been like you're putting your singles, you know, your tag people in the singles matches instead of just putting them in random singles matches against people that really didn't have no purpose against. <clears throat> At least you could have had somewhat of a story or something, you know, subplot there to kind of tell. Uh, but while the match was going on, uh, you had Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville standing in the back, and then you uh, they they cut back to the match, and then they cut back to the backstage, and you see Dolph Ziggler standing there talking to Mandy Rose, and if you look at Sonya Deville, she got this most nonchalant asshole smile on her face, <laughs> like like yeah, you guys want to do lesbian storylines on Raw, but this is what I'm doing on SmackDown. Like I don't know, it was just so the the, the look she had on her face was just so condescending that. It was just, it, 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 I, I don't know why. Maybe I'm thinking more of it because I just noticed it and laughed and just started thinking. But yeah, I, it was just, this was just all bad. Uh, it, yeah, the, the big gullible Otis, you know, all, you know, he, he has a crush on Mandy and uh, his mama made her fruitcake and Dolph Ziggler, big old meanie bully, stepped on his fruitcake and, 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 and now he can't understand why she likes him all of a sudden. And, uh, you know, I hope this is going to be the Trish Stratus story where she turns up uh, turning on him in the end, like with Chris Jericho and Christian. Oh, my uh, God. That was wonderful. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping for something like that. But uh, yeah, right now it's just it's just gullible. It's just gullible Otis uh, just tucking along, tuck, tuck, tucking along with his mama's fruitcake. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. All right, man. Well, you know, let's go for Mama's fruit, fruit cakes. So, you know, a monster who likes to shake his pancakes with the New Day, man. We got Braun Strowman, a monster among men, the wrestling purist Cesaro, accompanied by Shinsuke Nakamura. No, you know what? Flawless, please. I'm so sorry. What is his name? Shinsuke Nakamura. And their liberator, Sami Zayn. All right, man. So, this is what I thought about the match. I love this match. For the simple fact that Braun once again is in action, Cesaro's in action, uh, hard hitting as always. Cesaro, like K Breezy always say, man, the damn uppercuts, man, he got the best in the business. Uh, K Breezy, what did you think of this match? I actually like this match. Um, this was somebody that I could actually, uh, I could actually say Braun Strowman fought somebody. Who actually had the chance? I know, even though they're they're just using Cesaro to take losses, but Cesaro's good. We, we you know, he can actually go out there and actually hurt the big man and actually do some stuff against him. So I actually liked the match. Um, it 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 put Brian over. You it put Brian over, but it, it, in a way, it also put Cesaro over because he put a hurting on Brian. Like he got the, you know, he had some help from Shinsuke and and Sami Zayn, but he got to actually put a hurting on him. So I thought this actually made him look good uh, in a losing effort, but it made Brian look good. And, and it was just actually a good match. It, I, I gave it a three and a half just, just on GP. He said on GP, on the gang gang. Uh, flawless Joey V, man. What's up, my brother? I know you about that life, too. Yeah, man. You know, that's how we did in the nine deuce. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're talking about the Braun Strowman and uh, – Cesaro. Cesaro match, yeah. I'll tell you this, man. Uh, I like this match, actually. 
Cesaro is one of those guys that can go toe-to-toe with Braun Strowman for strength. So I didn't have a problem with it. You know, we're we're all a fan of Cesaro. We know his in-ring work is very good. You can put him against anybody, and he'll do really good. And him and Strowman did nice. I wouldn't mind seeing them again next week, to tell you the truth. Right. You know, I'm down, man. That makes three. And you know what? Before we move on to the to the to the next match, you know what, Mama Flawless, we can't forget about you, ladies and gentlemen of the COW Nation. We must give our, you know, it, it, it's gonna be customary now to give Mama Flawless a shout out to Mama Flawless from the franchise, you know, from Two Code, and of course from Flawless Joey V. We would like to say thank you for all that you do. You know who also I want to say thank you to? What's up, man? I'm sorry, this is SmackDown Review Show, man. It's the AEW Backstage Interviewer. <laughs> oh, who? Who? Who, Dasha? Uh, was it Dasha this past Wednesday? Uh, it was either Dasha or it's the one new chick. Jennifer uh, Eckert or whatever her name is. Yeah, yeah. Man, uh, when you saw little uh, Marco Stunt, like, try to hug her and they're holding her back. Uh, <laughs> and then Scorpio Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie, that was funny. That did tickle me a little bit. Because I'm like, why they do Marco like that, man? They cock blocking on my boy, man. <laughs> she was going to let him do it, too. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's see. Where we at? Where we he was at? Go, that's because he was going to motorboat them boys. That's why. <laughs> but they were, like, popping out, man. It was so crazy. Like, the whole time she's backstage. Right, that's that, But that's why. They, they, they saw what it was. Let's go ahead All and finish right. this thing out so we can get on to this Raw. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Because I'm, I'm ready to watch it. I'm ready to watch it. All right. Know, so, our last. Uh, drop breaking news, but, you know, haters. Gonna hate. Hey, so, so our, our yeah, last. Yeah, this is SmackDown. Let's save it, man. Let's save it for Raw. Let's save it for the conversation for Monday Night for the review show. After you watch it, you're going to text us and be like, are you? Hey, right. we can do a review show afterwards if you want to. That's on y'all. Hey, Let's man. You, hey, you know, we've been getting these last two shows done under our. I mean, I think we might just be able to squeeze one. You know, you never know. But, okay, look. Last match of the night. Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, Ken Corbin, Dolph Ziggler. Spoiler. In no contest. Uh, but overall, uh, I'm going to go with Flawless. What did you think of the match overall, man, before it became a no contest? Uh, huh. It wasn't the best match, but it was okay. Uh, you know, I'm still disappointed we haven't seen the dog collar match. Hopefully, we'll get that at some point, you know. Uh, it was all right. Like I said, I don't. You know, it's so funny, man. Like, I said, like, it's okay, but, like, I barely remember any of the matches. Like, a blur right now in my mind. So, uh, I'm just going to leave it like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, I, I'll pick it up. Uh, <clears throat> so, the match was okay, like Paula said. It, it was an okay match. Um, the one thing I did like about it was the the, the hints of the fiend throughout the match. Just teasing, you know, the laughter coming over. And you hearing, you know, you hearing him laugh, and you see Daniel Bryan looking around. I like the mind games. The mind games were were were, were well played. Uh, as far as the match, it picked up towards the end, where eventually the Fiend did eventually did come out, 
and you know Daniel Bryan, you know he he got at him, and eventually Daniel Bryan got caught with the Fiend claw, and then he got rammed right through the barricade, and then all of a sudden the Fiend disappeared, and then that's when you had Roman Reigns and Dolph Ziggler beating up on um on 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 Roman Reigns, and then they got the handcuffs, and they got the dog food, and then we got the Usos coming out. But uh, I thought the story between the Fiend and the Bryant, I, I thought that was done really well. Like I said, just playing those mind games. That, uh, that's we want. That's what we expect from the Fiend. And um, like I said, I, I, we're not, I don't think we're gonna get a. Um, I don't think we're gonna get a dog collar match. I think we're gonna get like a strap match or like a a, hunt, a handcuff match or something like that. Because. That seems to be the theme with them, and I hope it's not a dog collar match. Uh, I, I hope to God it's not. But any type of match where they're going to be chained up together, I think we're going to get that some type of match. I think Flawless has talked it in existence, and we're going to get that type of a match. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you this, man. I liked uh, the Fiend coming out at the end. I liked how Daniel Bryan, like you know, got like a little bit of upper hand, and the Fiend's like, "Yeah, not happening," you know. Yeah, right. All right, guys. So, I mean, it, I'm assuming everybody said their, you know, their, their final parting words for the first SmackDown review show of 2020. For sure. Uh, what was those ratings, though, Flawless? Uh, so, they were a little down from last week. Last week, you know, uh, uh, was a 2.431. This one was a 2.418. So, a little down. 2.41. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, I, don't, I don't know about y'all. I got some wings in here. I got some fries in here. You know what I'm saying? I got a little bit of Monday Night Raw. Because Flawless keeps talking about Brock Lesnar, man. So, I'm interested to see what's about to go on, man. For sure. All right, man. Well, once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you as always for tuning in to another installment of the GOW. As Go always, I'm the first of your show. He's too cold. Go He's Goldberg. Dude, stop spoiling, man. All right, man. We go, man. So we can get this out. Bye.